Hello and welcome to the Triple Effect Podcast, episode number four. And today the title is Stay Vigilant. Vigilant. Well, I want to break down this word vigilant for just a moment. Let's look at the root word, which is vigil. You hear this word sometimes in society when you know somebody says, hey, I'm going to go to a candlelight vigil. That term vigil, it's a period of time, or it's a period of keeping awake during a time when usually asleep. So this idea of a vigil is about staying awake. It's about being observant. There are different places in scripture where you see vigils show up. Let's look at the the, the next word, which is vigilant. So what it means to be vigilant means to be watchful, means to be on the lookout, means to be observant, or keeping awake. And let's look at another derivative of this word vigil, which is vigilante. Vigilante is someone who is basically self-appointed law enforcement. They're like an authority or somebody that shows up to execute justice in a circumstance or situation. So the title again today is Stay Vigilant. We believe this is a lit word that can help you and I do exactly as it says and stay observant, stay alert, stay awake, stay on the lookout, stay paying attention, keeping our eyes open, staying peeled to what's going on around us and the circumstances around us. When a lit word shows up in our lives, it has the power to activate. It says in scripture that the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, that it has the power to penetrate to the point of dividing soul from spirit, bone from marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart is what it does. So these lit words, as they activate within us, they help us sort out circumstances. They help us see things more clearly. And I'm praying today that as you listen to this lit word, that's exactly what will take place for you, and it will cause you to stay vigilant. It'll also, if you're not yet vigilant, maybe it'll cause you to get vigilant. And once you have gotten vigilant, maybe then you would stay that way. You would stay in a position where you're on the lookout because that's the best place for you to be. And, and that's what we see in the story. Stories are good. Stories have the ability to kind of captivate and capture us. And, you know, they have the ability to kind of lead us down a road and open us up to new possibilities. I want to take a look today at a story that's found in Daniel chapter 6. And Daniel's the main character in the story. When, you know, let's say you were a, a person who attended a church or um, heard Bible stories, classic Bible stories. There are several. There's the Noah's Ark story, that's a classic story. There's the parting of the Red Sea story, classic story. There's this story, which is Daniel and the lion's den, which is also a classic story. But if you think you know all the detail about this story, I want to encourage you to kind of listen back and to hear this overview of Daniel chapter 6. I'm going to kind of sporadically bring us through some of the passages in this particular book. I read out of the New American Standard Bible, which is the NASB, starting with Daniel uh, chapter 6, verse 1. It says this, It seemed good to Darius to appoint 100, 120 satraps over the kingdom that they should be in charge of the whole kingdom. Backdrop. Now, what's going on here is that Darius is the, is the king of the Persian Empire, and he has so he's not overwhelmed, appointed these satraps, which are basically like overseers. 
And then verse 2 goes on and says, And over them there were three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one. And these satraps would be accountable to these commissioners, and the king then would have good watchmen paying attention to everything that's going on in the kingdom. So get a picture. Let's back out of the text for a second. You have three commissioners, three leaders, who are the three primary people over the kingdom, with King Darius over those three commissioners. Below those three commissioners, you have 120 other overseers. So then back to verse 3. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners, meaning basically he, he was doing very well. It says he possessed an extraordinary spirit and that the king had planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Then the commissioners and the satraps began trying to find ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to his government affairs, but they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption. Inasmuch as Daniel was faithful, he had no negligence in him or corruption was found in him. So here's the the paraphrased version of what's going on. The king is appointing people to help lead. Daniel is among those people. Daniel rises in in excellence. And when you're excelling, right, when, when you're doing something excellent, that means you're excelling past your peers. When you're doing something that is excellent, Really, it can drive people around you to jealousy, but that jealousy can eventually come back to bite you in the butt. And when someone's excelling around you, this is a classic story to say it's better to celebrate them than to try to separate and compete with them in, in many ways because that competition can, and comparison can drive you to do some really not good things. So that's what's kind of happening in the, in the context of the story. Daniel has done nothing wrong, and yet people are coming against Daniel and trying to get him taken down. So with, as it carries on, it says that these commissioners then came up with this plan. And what they were going to do is they were going to get Daniel, since they couldn't get him trip, tricked up or tripped up in any of the affairs of the government, he didn't have any negligence there. What they were trying to do is to get him tripped up in a government standard that's to be set that would cause him to violate his love toward God. But Daniel would never do that. So what these commissioners did is they went to King Darius and they said, hey, tell everybody, set this decree that nobody can pray, that nobody is able to pray to anyone other than you for 30 days. So Daniel knew full well that this had taken place. And in verse 10, it says this. It says, uh, when Daniel knew that this document was signed, that King Darius had made this decree, he entered into his house. So it says, on the roof chamber, he had these windows that were open toward heaven. So he went up there and he opened the window of this roof chamber that was open toward heaven. And he kneeled there and he continued kneeling there three times a day. And he was praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. So this is where the idea of vigilance comes in. See, he was kneeling three times a day, and and all of this symbolizes something, that Daniel was looking out, that Daniel was watching, Daniel was paying attention. He had repetition, he had habits in his life that were putting him in a position of being a watchman, if you would. And this was Daniel staying vigilant. If you look all throughout this book of Daniel, you'll see Daniel's vigilance, and ultimately Daniel's vigilance leads to great reward for him. So as he's moving along, Daniel 
does his normal routines, and then these men end up going to the king, Darius, and saying to him, hey, Daniel, he's breaking the rules, and you're going to have to, because at the time there was no way for the king to override his own decree, according to what this passage is saying, so he had to make good on the decree that he set, and that meant that Daniel was going to have to be thrown into the lion's den, because that was the consequence for a violation of this decree. So Daniel is taken to the the mouth of this den, and it says in verse 16, the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in, and he was cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, and he did this in in a way because the, the king actually really um, liked Daniel. He didn't want Daniel to die, but he knew that he couldn't go back on his decree. So he says to Daniel, your God, whom you constantly serve, is going to himself deliver you. And so then a stone was brought and it was laid over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his signet ring and with the signet rings of the other nobles so that nothing might be changed in regard to Daniel. This was set in stone, if you would. But this is what the king did. The king took off, and it says he went off to his palace. This is verse 18. He spent the night fasting, and he had no entertainment brought before him, and his, and his sleep even fled from his eyes. So the king was concerned. The king did not want Daniel to die. The king knew that Daniel was tricked, that Daniel was trapped, and that Daniel was stuck in a circumstance, and that God was going to have to be the one who delivered him. So the king, he decided that he was going to put himself in a position of crying out to God on behalf of Daniel. And that's why he fasted, and he didn't turn on his Xbox or Netflix. No, he, he didn't bring any entertainment before him. He was just simply um, just giving himself to the attention of prayer. And so then the king arose that very next morning at daybreak, and he went in in absolute haste. He ran as fast as he could to the lion's den. When he came near to the den, he cried out with this troubled voice. And he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions, and they have not harmed me. I was found innocent before him and also towards you. I've committed no crime. The king was very pleased, verse 23 says, and gave orders for Daniel to be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, and no injury was found on him because he had trusted in his God. So because Daniel trusted in his God, and he remained vigilant. He did what he knew he needed to do. He didn't fear the consequences of men. He did what he knew he needed to do. God came along, and God rescued him and closed the mouth of the lions. So then verse 24, this is where the justice of God comes along. This is where God becomes the vigilante. See, all Daniel had to do was to stay vigilant. But in Daniel's vigilance, God came along and was the vigilante who then executed justice. There's another passage in scripture that says, vengeance is mine and I will repay. The enforcement of the rules and the law really do have to be from the hand of God. It shouldn't be taken into the hands of men. So verse 24, it says, the king then gave orders 
And they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and they cast them, their children, and their wives into the lion's den. It says they had not yet even reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. Now, I know some of you are listening to this and you're like, Ugh, that's horrible. Why would God do such a horrible thing? But you see, there's, there's a side of justice that, that is served. But the problem is, is that so often men and women, we take vengeance or we take you know, the idea of, of executing justice into our own hands. And that's not meant to be in our own hands. You and I are simply meant to stay vigilant. We're simply meant to hold vigils, to be in a position where we are crying out to the God of heaven on behalf of what's happening here on earth and on behalf of what it is that we believe that we need. We're praying for his will and not our will to be done. And in doing so, whatever it is that is working against you, whatever it is that's working against me, God has the ability to show up and to overpower. And so justice is being served in verse 24. These men who had tripped and tried to trick Daniel and King Darius into executing this excellent man, what happened was it got flipped. The script got flipped, and these men were actually, and unfortunately their families were also bystanders, in some sense maybe even innocent bystanders of the bad choices that had taken place by the leaders of the home. So then the king wrote to the peoples of the nations, this is verse 25, and men of every language who were living in all the land, may your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel, for he's the living God and the, and the one who's enduring forever, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Verse 28, so this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of King Darius. See, what happened is pretty incredible. The the whole thing that was being turned against or on Daniel ended up being turned on those who were trying to pit it on him. And what happened was God, because Daniel kept his hands off and Daniel just followed after what it was that he knew he needed to do. He didn't take matters into his own hands. Ultimately, God was given glory and King Darius also glorified God and commanded that everybody worship God. Now, it's not pray to me, King Darius says, but it's pray to Daniel's God because Daniel's God knows how to shut the mouths of lions. So that's the thought breakdown. That's the context to the Daniel and the lion's den story. What I really believe that the Spirit's speaking to all of us is this. Get vigilant, be vigilant, stay vigilant, No matter what is going on around us in this world, nothing should take our vigilance. It's our right, and it's our highest priority. If you need to get vigilant, do it. If you are vigilant, just stay there. Let nothing distract you from fixing your eyes on him. And I believe that one of the things we need to think about just this very day, and I want to challenge you this day, think of yourself like Daniel. He was a watchman on the wall. He was an observer in the lookout. No matter what, he chose to pray and to praise. So will I, and so should you. Today, I'm grateful for a a call to stay vigilant, and I want to continue to walk and take those steps in my life to be a vigilant person.
just as Daniel was. So tracker questions for you. If you want to uh, communicate or dialogue over this particular uh, lit word, all you need to do is to take these questions that are written in the blog post. You can find the blog itself at inforum.us. That's E-N-F-O-R-U-S, excuse me, E-N-F-O-R-U-M dot U-S. And that's where, uh, that's where you'll find the blog, Triple Effect blog. And you can look up and see some of the writing that's there. These questions are also found there. How can you, this is the question, how can you practically become more vigilant, watchful, prayerful, and observant? What distractions do you need to eliminate or priorities do you need to get straight in order to do this? So that is today's Triple Fact Podcast. That's the lit word for the moment. We believe that as you um, apply these lit words to your life, that you'll experience a triple effect transformation. And we will see you on the next episode.